is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. All right, so we're going to bring on an old teammate of mine when I was with the Seattle Mariners. and You know, certain certain people like Ray, when you, when you step into uh, an environment, you know it as well as... You just click with yeah. certain guys. You don't have to go searching out friends. You just kind of like, hey, you know. And, like and like they, you and I. Like us. Yeah, we there just, you go. We just click. And, <laughs> and, and one tool. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to be categorized with us. But, um, you know, so you, you build a, a friendship. and yep. then But in baseball, a lot of friendships don't last. I mean, they're, they're, you're friends while you play. You're not friends long after the game's over because everybody goes back to reality and into their families and their lives and stuff like that. But uh, but Brian Holman and I have, you know, we've stayed friends over the years. Um, That's cool. Just, you know, connecting one way or another. And Brian is extremely, well, he is the architect to my comeback last year. So Brian runs the uh, the Mariners Fantasy Camp now for us. So when we were connecting, he said to me, do you, you know, you uh, what do you think? You want to, uh, you want to come, you know, come to the Fantasy Camp? And I'm like, Phew. First, I thought he was like, like, can I can go and hang out with the players? Or, you don't know, the request from the players. <laughs> like, they're like, I got to pay to go? <laughs> but no, I said, no, you know, you want to come and, and be one of the players? We were there with Mike Moore, Arthur Rhodes, Brian, Keith, uh, Keith Comstock, Gary Wheelock. So, you know, guys that have been in the Mariners organization in and out for, you know, years ago. I mean, Wheelock's probably the oldest, one of the original Seattle pilots. So he was there, but I mean, he, he looks like he's twelve, you know, <laughs> and he's got and he's got a like a twenty year old wife or something like that too. Right. So, so we'll good, keep some young, good for him, right? Um, yep. Very cool. Real quick sidebar on on wheel lock though, he's got one of the coolest baseball glove collections in his house you've ever seen. Really? Oh, it's like going to a museum. It was unbelievable. Uh, baseball gloves from you know, from when they were like you know like uh, construction gloves. <laughs> you know, it's the pillows. Basically, it was right. I mean, the catcher's gloves were like pillows. Yeah. Everybody had to catch with two hands, and uh, but you know, very cool. And he's got some other memorabilia, and, and him and Holman actually collect together. You know, they they run around. Uh, they have pinball machines and gumball machines, and you know, it's really cool. So it was at his house when we were at the camp. Everybody, all the campers and everything. Uh, we're invited over to Gary's for like a barbecue. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, so we went over there and it was, you know, you know, you're going in there like, oh, yeah, come see Gary's memorabilia. And, it was, you know, it's like me. I got like three pictures on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and they come check out Gary's memorabilia. And, and uh, he, uh, you go in his house and then all of a sudden it's three rooms. And it's just, it's it, it's cool. It's like it's like literally walking into a museum. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. But, uh, you know, again, going back to Brian, um, you know, Brian's uh, Brian was one pitch away from a perfect game. There's only like 15 of them in Major League history. You know, and you're on the mound and you're one, one out, one out away. Not one pitch, one out away. One out away. From a perfect game. You know, you can only imagine what's going through your head when you're on the mound there. And then... How deflating can that be? I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll ask Brian, when we, you know, but how deflating can that be right. when, you know, you throw one pitch. First pitch of the pitch, and he got pinch hit, came off the bench. Yeah, and he, uh, he thought he had him in the bag. <laughs> dude, threw, you know, cock shot fastball, and, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't get away with that. But if you watch, if you watch the game, if you go back and you, can, and you can watch the game on video, I mean, he was filthy. His breaking ball was a hammer that day. It was 12 to 6. He was bearing it back foot. He was, I mean, it was, you know, he'd get 3 and 0 and he'd come back, pow, 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 you know, and get the guy out. So everything was kind of clicking. 
Except for one pitch. One pitch. Yeah. So, but with, you know, with That'd all be a that. good movie. I know. Well, that was, yeah. That was a great intro right there. Yeah, for call it one, yeah. one pitch. One pitch. One Chiardi. pitch away. We got to call Chiardi. We got lots of guys who can make movies yeah, about, right? We, we got, we got Schilt. Yeah, it's it. Chris, Schilt never played a day of pro ball. Oh, that's right. Managing, you know, National League Manager of the Year. Yeah. Chris Singleton will be a good one in the future. Singleton will be a good yeah. one. Yep. Definitely will be. That would be like uh, on the uh, the Inspire TV or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it'd be a yeah. very good one. You know, and then obviously Holman's story is you know is is pretty cool one. Right. How about, how about Jeff Schaefer? Vanilla Schaefer, the ultimate Caucasian, would be the the. Uh, That'd be a Comedy Central. The Comedy Central, exactly. <laughs> you got that right. No doubt about that. So yeah. So, um, but let's uh, let's do that. Let's, let's let's bring my buddy Brian on. Dude, I was hoping you wouldn't be waiting for like you know two rings. At least I get, I get one <laughs> ring and you answer the phone. That's good. To... <laughs> no, I uh, I had just put the phone down. I was going to get a cup of coffee and it rang, so I thought I better grab it real quick. So. Yeah, good call, good call. So, yeah. um, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm awesome too. <laughs> good. I know that. So I'm sitting I know here this about you. Sitting here with uh, Ray Torres and 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 Andrew One Tools Ike. Hey Brian. Hey buddy, and, uh, how are you? So good, we good. Uh, we introed before we brought you on, and uh, one I was telling everybody, you know, how would you know show up in the in the locker room, and you know, you just connect with certain people right off the get go, and you know, we hit it off pretty quick, and ended up being uh, you know maintaining a friendship over the years, and then you became the architect of probably one of the greatest comebacks in baseball history. <laughs> And that was me this year coming to America. Yes. And I know. <laughs> I, I tell your wife every day how proud I am of you. <laughs> every day, Shave. Let nope. me tell you. So I was telling everybody. I said when you when you called and asked me to go, I was like, "Do I have to pay?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you started your workout, your Rocky comeback. Oh workout. my God! It was yeah. Phenomenal. I, I was. That's, that that is. And now you know you invited me back again next year. So who do I negotiate with? <laughs> there, there's no negotiation. No negotiation. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll send you a bill for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did work out. I, I, I ended up paying for it, but you know, I'm like, hey, yeah. Brian, I'm not flying out there unless I get a first class ticket. I know. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. So, That's the greatest thing I ever. And then so I get I get yeah. off the plane and went to the airport, and uh, Arthur Rhodes is there. And Arthur pitched 20 years in the big leagues, you know, and him and his wife are there. And, you know, it was, airplanes were delayed, things were going on, and so Arthur comes off, and he's kind of a little grumpy look on us, you know, I was like, what's the matter, he goes, ah, oh, this flight, whatever, you know, whatever, I'm like, dude, I flew first class, he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got 20 he's years, still, I got like, he's still barely, bitter about barely. that, I talked to him about once a week, and he goes, that Schaefer flew first class, <laughs> he's not happy. Hey, listen, man, you know what, when you're a utility guy, you figure things out, brother. That's right. You, you understand to get the most out of the situation, but. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. So, a couple things, one, I Obviously, you're doing virtual virtual lessons down there now. Is that keeping you busy? It is. You know, it's kind of crazy when, you know, I, we have an academy like yours, and um, we work with kids from age 7 all the way up to professional college, high school players. And um, so when all this hit, obviously, you got to shut that down. So we, uh, we reached out to a lot of our uh, uh, kids that we do lessons with, and um, the next thing you know, we started doing them virtually. Now you can't throw with them and you can't you know catch and see stuff but all the drills we do and everything else especially now that they're home and they don't have anything to do they can do thousands of these drills so we get on and uh, walk them through it and give them homework and not just not just the pitching mechanics and the delivery stuff that we do with them but the mental side and talking baseball with them I make them write reports and watch different um, 
baseball documentaries so that they become students of the game. So we're trying to keep them busy and keep them involved in baseball as best we can, both physically and uh, and mentally. Yeah, I'm doing a tutorial as well online for uh, slump busters. <laughs> <laughs> You know, wow. when you when you got a career batting average of two oh three, you know a lot about slump busters. <laughs> you know, that just made my whole day. Jeez, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, believe so me, my great. wife knows about slump busters too. I've had oh, this conversation boy. with Amanda, and um, well, you know, the first time I ever walked in the locker room, the thing that brought Shafe and I together yeah. was uh, we were both wearing man thongs in the locker room. <laughs> Shocked. We were. And, so and we proud of it. Friends. And proud of it. I, yeah, I didn't have the nipple rings, but Shafe did, and I, I just haven't, I haven't got there yet. But. <laughs> uh, you know, so, yeah, th- th- that, was some, that was some good times. I mean, it's changed. Uh, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, from, from when we played. I mean, you go into these clubhouses <clears> now and there. I mean, we were in the clubhouse in spring training. And it was far nicer than anything we had in the big leagues when we were in, you know, Brian was in Montreal before. He was in the uh, Mark Langston trade with Randy Johnson and, um, and, and, and Gene Harris. And who else was in that? You, Randy, Gene Harris. Was that it? The three of you guys? Those are the three. And then and for Mark Langston Mark and Mike Langston. Campbell. So, and, you know, pretty, pretty, yeah, stout tra- pretty stout trade. But, um, you know, so we go into the clubhouse, uh, you know, down there, and it's just like, holy smokes, man. I mean, look at this joint. You know, it's it's just leather couches. And, you know, we had like a, a fold-out table that we used to have our spread on afterwards. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but we had fun. We made the most of it, man. It was it was, it was was a great experience. And, 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 you know, that team there that, you know, you go back and you look at that group. Like, like Brian got hurt, you know, but Brian's track was probably – Brian was probably the key to that trade, not Randy Johnson. Really? Yeah, I mean, and Gene and Gene Harris was, you know, he was he was raw, but he was going to be something special. But Brian was, Brian was the one that they were onto. Um, and uh, but you look at that team, and you had Randy Johnson, we had Ken Griffey Jr., we had Omar Vizquel, we had Edgar Martinez. Um, you know, I mean, there was, you know, you're talking about you didn't Hall name yourself, Vanilla Shape, okay. the ultimate Caucasian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right, <laughs> Slump Buster King. <laughs> we had Harold Reynolds and Jay Buner, and Jay Buner. Uh, Edgar was, was, a, was a third baseman at that yeah, time. Valley. We had Alvin Davis and yeah. then Tino Martinez and Dave yeah, Valley, and then the pitching time. staff. You had Billy Swift and Schooler, one fifty. I mean, there was there was a very good nucleus of a young team there, and um, for the guys that you know stayed healthy and stayed together, they they were extremely good as they got older. And you know, unfortunately, I got hurt and. Um, I you know wish I hadn't. I wish I would have been able to play twenty years, but you got hurt. And but the memories I have of of playing in that era of baseball, I think we you and I shaped played in an, an amazing era of baseball. When yeah. you look at the way the game was played back then, the the players that we played against. I mean, when you look at the Wade Boggs and the George Bretts and the Ripkins, and, Kirby Puckett, uh, you know, Kirby Puckett, yeah, and Tony Gwynn and Bonds, and I mean, I can go McGuire and Conseco yeah. and Robin Yount, Paul Mullen to this day is still my favorite hitter to watch hit. Yeah. When even when I played against them, they were all hard nosed, old school baseball players, and that's what I loved about that era. And for me as a pitcher, you know, we laugh now if if as a starter, my job was to throw into the seventh inning every game. If I didn't get the seventh inning or I had an ERA over over four, I was I was livid. And if somebody would have come up to me and said, "Hey Brian, tonight we we have an opener for you uh, for the starter," I would have reached down his throat and ripped his lungs out. <laughs> you know that that was just that was my day, my game, and and I wanted that I wanted that game. And today is just a different game. It's it's 
fact, for me personally, it's hard for me to watch the game today. Um, the little things that are done, the fundamentals that we grew up with, uh, moving runners over, hitting behind runners, bunting runners over, um, you know, working for ground ball outs instead of strikeouts, uh, seeing guys change their swings on no-two approach. You know, Tony Gwynn would say, hit the ball hard wherever it's pitched. And he was the master of that. And you just don't see the same game today. And um, so for me, kind of being a baseball old school purist guy, we came up through the Montreal Expos organization and man, they just pounded fundamentals into our head. Old school, hard nosed baseball, throw inside, take runners out. I mean, it was just a different brand. And today you just don't see that. And for me, it's, it's not as a fun a game to watch. My uh, my foundation in pro ball was with the Orioles. That's who I got drafted with originally, and I spent five years in their organization, and it was called the Oriole Way. And you had old school, you had Earl Weaver as the manager. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, then, and you had there. Cal Ripken Sr., Cal Ripken Sr., who was just a probably one of the greatest baseball minds I've ever been around in my life. And, um, and the first spring training I ever got to, we walked – through everything, right? So they took the group, and obviously, I'm you know I'm, I'm a fresh guy, so they got all these you know all these young rookies at first year in, and they took us behind home plate, and showed us right then first thing ever that if there's a man on second base and you're on deck and the guy hits a gets a base hit, this is where you're supposed to stand. Really, like that detail. Wow. You know, that detail, um, you had to look a certain way, you had to dress, there was no jewelry, there was no, you know, you showed, yeah. you showed up and you, you know, you did it. The other, the, other, the other piece of that was that, you know, there was really no big money then. You know, I remember, yeah. remember when Kirby Puckett got $3 million and we all fell out of our seats. It's like, oh <laughs> yeah, my we God, did. you yeah. got $3 million to play, play this game. My first contract, I don't know, yours was probably less than mine, but my first contract was $69,500. Wow. Yeah, mine was sixty two five yeah. in the first year of the big leagues. <clears throat> yeah. And so. the scene that we went, what's crazy and, and <clears throat> what I think is such a travesty in baseball today is you know my first year in the minor leagues i made six hundred dollars a month yeah i made I played seven. For three months and then i had to work the rest of the time work out they expect you to come and that was just the way it was well in that time it's 600 a month and the big league salary average salary was 62.5 that was mm-hmm. the minimum salary today it's 1100 a month i know they're trying to raise it in the minor leagues and it's over 550,000 in the big leagues Mm-hmm. So yeah. the disconnect there and the percentage of change really is is it's putrid. So here's what, so what we've seen. I I get to the big leagues with the White Sox and I get my first big league check and we're in Yankee Stadium, right? So and then they're, they're handing them out. The travel secretary's handing them out. And I'm sitting in my locker, which is in Yankee Stadium. Remember the old Yankee Stadium locker? I was oh, yeah. way down. Yeah. Like the rookies were like yeah. stuffed in the corner behind the donuts <laughs> and stuff. You know, like who's that guy? Oh, he's a rookie. <laughs> and then he, somebody comes up. Can I get you coffee? You and your donut. But uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at literally. I'm looking at my check and um, and I and I think the check. I think I took home maybe twenty five hundred dollars, maybe something like that. And I'm like in awe of this check. I'm like, oh yeah, my god, no doubt. you know. And yeah. Harold and and Harold Baines, who I who I love, who's one of my top five picks as you know players, walks up to me, one of the classiest guys in the game, and says, uh, first big league check shave." And I'm like, "Yeah, man." You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking Cadillac, maybe. <laughs> and, he, and Harold reaches in his pocket, pulls out a wad of cash, goes. Can I cash that for you? <laughs> That's phenomenal. And you know, you turned around and bought beer and hot dogs in the stands for oh, all your buddies who came watch you dude, play. Dude, you know, I had so many, so many different things like that. I remember Harold Reynolds took me for my first suit. Really? You know, yeah, because yeah, I didn't spend much time with the White Sox up. You know, so next year in Seattle, I did, and uh, 
I think we're in Anaheim, and Harold has some some. I don't know, some, what do you call him, a tailor, whatever, comes yeah. to the hotel, and he's Ooh. like, I get this guy a suit. And it was a brown suit. So, listen, I, it looked like I was going to to a black church, the way he dressed me. <laughs> you know, I, I remember that suit. You remember the brown suit, the yellow, the yellow, the yellow, it was a mustard shirt, and it was like a purple tie. And it's like, dude, yeah. you look yeah, good. I'm like, yeah, don't I? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so nothing, oh nothing, my nothing better, Brian. Though when we were, we were, it was that year. We were, um, and Sinatra came up, and Matt Young was there, and we took we took Maddie to get some clothes, Maddie Sinatra, and uh, so we go to this 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 store in the mall or whatever, and and Matt Young's going to buy the clothes for Maddie, so he goes. We go in, and there's this girl, the sales girl, whatever, and Matt Young gives her $100 right there, and he says, whatever we put on this guy, you tell him how good he looks. That's so great. That's so great. Right? So, so we end up dressing up. He's got a like a bright yellow, and you'll remember this because he got in a fight that night on the plane with Michael Jackson. It was gang, yeah. it was gang to guinea night. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. It was nuts. So he, puts a, he has this yellow shirt, right, like bright yellow shirt, Black pants, you know, that kind of clipped on the side, yeah. like the Daffini slacks, the old like, you know, and uh, and he came on the plane strutting like a peacock, and everybody started laughing at him. <laughs> he got so, he got so, so they got in that fight. They got in that fight over the card game that night because Maddie thought everybody was cheating him. Maddie was going the whole time he's playing cards. He's going, yeah, gank the guinea, and Michael Young said, "That's enough, man," and they start fighting. So they they pull on each other, and and Mike Michael reaches over and he rips Maddie's shirt. And Maddie stops and goes, Dude, you ripped my shirt. <laughs> I did you a favor. <laughs> like, hey, but when you rip it off, he's like a hair monster. He's got hair coming out of his Maddie reminded me of John Belushi in Animal House. No doubt Every about day, it. it was just, oh, that was God. the guy. He was, the, and you know, the mustard on the front looked exactly uh, like that shirt geez. when he poured it on there. So. Yeah. But you know those are those were such great times in the in the group of those guys. You know you're so close and and uh, you spend so much time together and you become such good friends and you're pulling for each other. Yeah. And uh, um, I was just uh, I sent a text to Scott Bankhead uh, last night and I said, Banky, you know this this coronavirus quarantine has got me so frustrated. It's, it, I'm more mad right now than than when Joel Skinner hit the home run off me. <laughs> And and the story about that is that we're in the in the meeting, and we're talking about the hitters in Cleveland. And Scotty and Banky goes, "Hey man, don't throw a good pitch to Skinner. He'll he'll crush the ball." I'm going, "He's not going to hit the ball. He's not that good a hitter." And Banky goes, "I'm telling you, he is, man. He can hit." So first inning, second inning, something like that. We had about three thousand people in the kingdom, and and uh, I throw this ball, and and Skinner just hammers this ball to left field and it goes out and it hits like all these metal seats which is clank 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 it's really loud and i look over in the duck in the dugout and banky's just cackling laughing with a towel over his face but uh, it is days i've never seen a human being more mad than brian was right at that moment ah, that's and, funny um, so you're talking talk about home runs guys. talking about home runs so we got it we got to go into this because it's uh april 20th 1990 um you are one out away from a perfect game in Oakland, and uh, Ken Phelps comes off the bat, comes off the bench, and take it from there, man. Yeah, so it's um, you know you have to bring that up. I'm still so bitter <laughs> talking about it, <laughs> but you know, um, as a pitcher, you never think that you're going to throw a perfect game. You don't think you're going to throw a no hitter. You're just out there pitching, and 
you know, against that team, they had won the World Series and they had a pretty good lineup. And so you get two outs in the in the bottom of the ninth. You're one out away from a perfect game, and you start thinking, you know, this is pretty great. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the Hall of Fame. And and if the crowd's going crazy and and uh, you're thinking, man, they're gonna want my hat. And, and you're in Oakland. You're in Oakland, right? In Oakland, yeah. yeah. And, the, and, and the crowd's uh, going crazy. And uh, it, there's no crazy. So so then. They, they announced now batting number 44, Ken Phelps, and I threw the first pitch to give him a, a fastball over, and he promptly hit a home run over the right field fence and and uh, ran around the bases. And at that you know at that moment, you're just you're a little bit in shock because you know you're never going to get a chance to do this again. And uh, I remember Fever coming out and Val coming out and, and saying something. I said, "Let's go get over with them." Struck out Mickey Henderson, and the game was over. But when you're in that kind of groove in that in that mode you know you're so locked into every pitch and the crazy thing was warming up i was horrible i was absolutely terrible in fact i was so bad that keith comstock and, and the rest of the relievers were taking bets on how long i was going to last the first <laughs> was gonna be in the game and uh, and it just it just clicked somewhere through the game so so you know those are those are some tremendous memories of of the game. You know the games are fun, and but, but the friendships you make and the stuff that you see in the locker room and the funny stuff that goes on is, or you know, you'll never forget that stuff. You know we have we have that conversation often. That you know, as old as you and I are, you know the game's that far behind us as far as players go. You know, I try to explain to these kids that in the end, it's not you know, it's it's, it's not the wins and losses. It's not the batting averages or all that other stuff that, you know, your parents are all jacked up about and the sanitary recruit out there. In the end, it's it's the relationships that you build along the way and people that you stay in touch with. Bankhead's right up the road. You know, yeah. you know, Banky came to our gala last year with, uh, um, you know, with uh, when we honored Jack Leggett. It was a great night to hang out with him again and just talk and laugh. And Bankhead's always laughing. I mean, he's, yeah. oh, he's you know, yeah. he's, he's a, Did you he's, see the suit he was wearing that night, I think? I think Matt Young got him that suit. <laughs> Listen, man, he's just an old he's just an old country boy. He thought he was polished. I don't have the heart he's to so tell funny. him like, dude, where's your big where's your big velour bow tie to go with that? That's <laughs> oh, so funny. Well, you know, when you talk about the friendships, that's you know, you and I are both in the business of of developing players, young players and teaching them the game the right way. And one of the biggest battles we have is parents. And trying to get them to understand that the odds of your son playing high school baseball are are small. The odds of him going on after high school baseball to play college baseball anywhere in college is about 5%. And the odds of your son getting to professional baseball and then getting to the big leagues is so remote. You need to just chill out and not worry about his batting average at 10. You need to let him have fun and enjoy the game. And just tell him, man, I love to watch you play because the game is so hard. And to get to the level of of the major leagues is such an, a grind and such a difficult journey to get there that we lose a lot of kids in, in baseball today between ages 14 and 16 because they discover girls or cars or jobs or other sports and they just don't have the passion. The failure is so much in baseball that if you don't have a short memory and you can't deal with failure, it is a very difficult thing uh, for you to go on to the next level. So we talk about all the time, get them through this level, get to the next level, then get them to the next level. And, uh, you know, at some point in time, we're going to, most of them are going to drop off and not, uh, not go on to pay, play past high school. Baseball. Yeah. Two, two things in that. One is more pressure is put on these kids by the parents. So the, 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 the kids put the uniform on and we start playing young and <clears throat> to enjoy it. 
and and we coach at the we coach at the the nine tens eleven twelve year old level, and I see coaches that are just out of their freaking minds with the pressure yeah. of having to win, and because it's it's their ego, it's their pride. Like they can't. Oh my God, you know how'd you do this weekend? Oh, we went zero and four, and you yeah. know, like who cares? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. did your kids get better? Did they have fun? Did you, you know? Um, but you know that you know that's 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 the one piece. The other part is the game has completely changed because. Everybody's looking for a scholarship. Everybody's looking for the attention. Everybody's looking for the showcase. Everybody yep. has to have this. And I understand that that's the landscape. And so we try to do the best we possibly can to put our kids in that environment and do those things. You know, you can't change that. But, you know, I, I heard a great quote and it was, uh, and I don't even, it's, it's probably an unknown. And um, it says, you know, the greatest team that a coach could ever possibly coach would be an orphanage. All, all day. No parents, no parents there. No, so maybe no this parents. maybe this virus thing turns into something like that, and they open up and they say, "Hey, all you can do is drop your kids off," and now like go down the road, man. like watch get out of here yeah. and watch because you know what you can see the difference in a player. You know, especially with the overbearing parent, the one that's got to sit behind oh, the yeah. screen and yeah. give signs or scream out, "Hey, you're up and cutting!" Or, you know, yeah. you know, kids will keep yeah. looking over yeah. their shoulder. Oh my! Oh my! Favorite line ever is you know a guy a guy fouls a ball like like fifty thousand feet in the air and it's outside the right field line and, and the mom goes straighten that out <laughs> like, well, yeah. okay great yeah, but you know but the classic but the pressure the stuff. you know the pressure gets the, the pressure that you know that that comes from the parent is greater i just you just want the kids to go out and enjoy it and uh you know have fun i mean you get to a certain level and the, and, and you have to get a little more intense you know um you don't want to be soft on these kids but in the developmental stages the early ages when they're just putting on the uniform and they're just learning how to do a double cut, they turn their first double play and they're like jumping for joy. Like that's yeah, cool stuff. Unbelievable. That's cool. And stuff. for me, you know, and as coaches for us, you know, when you see a kid get it and he's attacking the strikes and throwing strikes, or like you said, he does the right thing and he bunts a runner over or he makes a great play and you see him, him glowing. And then after the game, you see a parent going, well, you know, you did strike out once today. Oh, you know, well, you, you got know, three hey, hits, but you're ten years and, and, old, and there was a recruiter here, and you should have swung instead of bunting. <laughs> exactly, you know. And it's seven and eight. The loudest parents are the seven and eight. Yeah. By the time they get to be like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, parents just drop them off and then they leave. But the the yeah. younger kids, you know, they the parents more times than not are the ones that sour the kid on baseball because mm -hmm. they're so intent on the kid being a major league player at ten. Yeah. And um, you know, I wasn't very good at ten. I mean, I was okay, but I I didn't get good until I was, uh, you know, in about senior in high school. My son didn't get good till he was a junior in college. Mm -hmm. I mean, really good. So every kid develops differently, and we have to have the talk with the parents all the time. Man, just chill out and watch your son play and enjoy watching him play. Yeah. Because it's going to be over before I'm you bring gorilla it. tape and just tape mouths. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, okay. Let it go. Exactly. Well, you know, and then, and, then, and then you tell the parent like. You, you know, you can't bring food to the dugout during oh the game. Oh, my God. You know, oh, and, my and, gosh. And, and, uh, <clears throat> you guys tell this, this is... funny story. One time I'm coaching. I'm on my first ball ball. I'm coaching, and the uh, kid comes up to bat, and he's a – I guess he was a guest player, but he ends up striking out, and uh, I look over, and um, the kid's walking out to – these are 13-year-olds. The kid's walking to left field. So I – I literally said, ho, 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 wait a minute, what are you doing? You're going to walk back to the dugout now. And then by the time he gets to the dugout, the mom's coming over. Oh, little Johnny, it's okay. you know. And I said, ma'am, you need to go sit back in the stands. When he's in the dugout, he's mine. He's never going to walk on a field when I'm coaching. He's never going to pout. He's going to do his job. 
and parents, I believe, you know, so many times they don't want their kids to fail. So yeah, that's they're problem. always propping them up. They're always telling them it's okay. Yeah. And, and that's fine. But baseball is a game of failure. So you have to understand mm-hmm. that you're going to fail a lot. No. And if they can't handle it, they're not going to get very far. The again. kids are resilient. I mean, we grew up doing that way. We grew up failing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, 100%. You know, so you take, you take a, <clears throat> you know, a parent sitting out there that's coddled, you know, because it's, it's different. You know, mm-hmm. my parents like, get out the door. Yeah. Go play. Go figure it out. You go, what? Yeah. That guy made, that guy said something to you, whatever, go across the street and fight him. That's go, right. You yeah. know, go, yeah. take Come care back home. go take care of your business right now. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to call their mommy and say your kid's picking yeah. on my kid. <laughs> or, hey, how come my kid's not playing? That type of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's just it, it's a different world. But I want I, I'll share this one story with you, and then we'll 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 break out here. But um, the, we were coaching sixteen year old kids, and uh, um, Evan Helms is my is is my assistant, and we're leaning on the rail, and we're getting throttled, man. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's one of those days where they can't catch a ball, they can't. I mean, literally, and we have a good club, you know. But yeah. you know, there's like three hours, happens. like one of those days, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just I'm like, mm, man, you know, and uh, so. Evan elbows me and he says, check this out. I turn around and I look at my dugout and there's a dad literally in my dugout with five boxes of pizza. What? Saying, oh hey, God. the boys might be hungry. Maybe this, I'm like, get the, oh, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Almost dropped the F-bomb. Oh yeah, no, I be- bleep myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Brian, man, yeah. we appreciate you taking the time and uh, I look forward to uh you're, 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 he's like, he's like into the Tiger King. Like, he's obsessed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Free Tiger King. Oh, my God. I got, I got every Tiger King meme you can imagine from him. I've got every, you know, Carol Baskin is like, he's got posters over on his wall. He's looking for the husband. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, here's the deal you got Joe Exotic, you got Jeff Exotic. <laughs> Slump Buster. We got to make a meme That'll for that. That's my movie. Yeah. <laughs> Slump Buster King. <laughs> Best. All right, Brian. We love best. you, man. Thank you for taking love your time. You too. Thanks and, uh, for having me on. I look forward to talking to you guys soon. All Thank right, you. have a good Peace one. Peace out. So, you bet. Bye-bye. Yeah, so crazy, right. crazy stuff, man. Man, uh, I, you, you had a good time there. I mean, let man, me tell you, you I, had, I had, you guys could have went all night. Uh, I mean, I had the best time. Listen, my, my closest, my closest friends are from high school. Yeah. You know, those are the guys that, that you kind of, you, you, you know, and you bond with. My, my closest group to this day is the guys I went to college with. I mean, we got seventeen guys on a on a on a thread. That's it starts at six. It started at six o'clock this morning. <laughs> Bing! My wife's like, really? Terp, you know, Terp boys are at it again. Um, you know, and it's just it's all it's all locker room talk. But I have, I had, I had fun. There was no way that I wasn't going to have fun because I was beating the odds every step I went. Like, dude, he's playing at, with the house money. Look at me, I'm here. Like, yep. I, you know how I got recruited, Ray? How's that? My father went to Maryland. My stepdad went to Maryland. He was an all-ACC catcher, early 60s, for the head coach that was the head coach you know, when, when I went there, Jack Jackson. So he calls Jackson up and he says, listen, I got, he's little, he can run, he can throw, he can field. You're going to knock the bat out of his hands the first year, no doubt about it. You need to take this kid, right? He says, okay, I'll travel. he'll travel from Maryland, come up to New York, watch me play. Before he got there, we're taking infield, and I step in a hole behind home plate, you know, the, the throw, yeah. and I go, boom, my, my ankle rolls. I can't, I can't play, right? Shows up at my house that night, you know, because he traveled from Maryland. And my father was his, one of his captains, his yeah. first captain. And uh, my mother breaks out a couple of bottles of wine, gets him drunk. And before the end of the night, he goes, yeah, send the kid to school, whatever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to an ACC school. Now, parents yeah. do not 
listen to that there. That's a, that's a no, you can get the coach drunk. Reagan, you got a shot, man. You got a shot. But, you know, again, so the, those guys those guys that are at Maryland and we're on the street, they're, they're like my, my, my closest friends. So the further you get down the road, when you get into pro ball, you know, you have acquaintances, mm-hmm. you know, and guys that you hang out with and you go drink beer with and everything like that. And, and hopefully you journey in through the, you know, the game. But guys fall off every year. They disappear, and, yeah. you know, and you have one or two. But you never, you never have, you never really have the long-term friendships. You know, I have like I can say three guys from yeah. from pro ball that I, you know, Brian's one of them. Matty Sinatra's another one. Craig Detweiler was a traveling secretary. I actually have two very good friends that are sports writers. Really? Yeah, which is which is pretty cool that uh, that I stay in touch with. But you know, that's the problem, man. It's just you know, you got if you don't have fun, you know, you see the kids that try to have fun. You got to like, you don't want to like tamper it. Like, hey, dude, way too much fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you got you got to know. I was always able to focus when I needed to focus. You got to turn it on. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. Again, so you know, you, you beat the odds, and you and you, you turn around, and you go, I'm, I'm playing college baseball. I'm starting as a freshman. <laughs> what do you mean I got drafted? You know, what do you mean I'm you know I'm I'm in AAA and Cal Ripken just went to the big leagues. You know, holy cow, I'm in the big leagues. Like you know, you start to you start to go down that hole. Listen, you go like I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm the guy that's not supposed to make it. Yeah, and I'm making it. You know. But uh, so, how could you not have fun? Because tomorrow, like these kids just found out, the game could be over mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Yep. Right? Taken away. Done. That's right. Said mm-hmm. and done. So, but well, what's going on? Is Ray is Ray staying healthy? Yeah. It's, <clears> you know, <throat> the only time I see him is when he want to eat. You know, it's like a. You know, he's in his room. He comes. Okay. He, he walks out the house. He goes to work out. Comes home. Back in his room. He's like, Hey, is there any food? Like, what the? So my, <laughs> my wife asked Dylan. You know, because Dylan's that way too. He's like, He'll sleep till three. I got to force him to come up and hit and do whatever. And she says, Hey, you know, come on, go take a walk. Let's because Amanda's walking everywhere. Yeah. Let's let, let's walk together. And Dylan goes, Yeah. Just what a teenage boy wants is to walk with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, <clears throat> well, that's good. But well, that was that was. That was a good show. That was great. And, that was uh, great. That was and, great right um, there. So I wish I, I wish we could do it more often. You yeah. Know, but because I I, I I love Fridays, man. I, I do. I look forward to. Uh, I wait for your text in the morning. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for Andrew's, the call Andy, up. Here's what's gonna happen. Andrew's gonna get a. We're gonna get a, a board with more headsets, and then we'll get Ennis. Like Ennis is in lockdown. Ennis has no control. His wife's like, "No, you can't go." <laughs> <laughs> so, no, Anna. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's the truth. <laughs> but uh, we love you, John. You know, we will get John in here, and you know, it'd be cool to do a roundtable. Yeah, you know, a bunch of different guys, and 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 go at it. Um, I do want to congratulate um, Russ Steely that just got the the head coaching job at Queens. Um, you know, good candidate. You know, home home homegrown kid. Marvin Ridge, UNC Charlotte, coached at Gardner Webb, coached down there, whatever. But I do want to acknowledge the fact that. Um, you know, Jack McDowell, Andrew Knight, Al Daspin, you know, you know, the staff that they had over there, Alan Cockrell, they had a lot to do with putting this thing on the map. They, and, they, and, yeah, they jumped in there. I mean, I mean, they jumped in there, what, in January and set God, this program? Was, you know, it, was, it was a club program. I don't even think Jack they had t-shirts, over. you know what I mean? I no, remember Jack, Jack printed his own yeah, t-shirts. Jack, I remember yeah. Jack printing his own t-shirts yeah. and, you know what I mean, and him and I just talking about yeah. ideas of how to no. put a logo on yeah. a turtleneck i mean yeah. it was just like you yeah. know he jacked so. did a lot of great things you know to get that program up and running yep so where it's at you know you got to you got to give that whole that whole crew credit and you know i know that uh you know everybody moves on in this game yep. things go in different directions but you know i don't want hopefully queens will never forget the fact that 
what those guys did to, to build a foundation for this program because, you know, the, the talent is in Charlotte. You know, and there's an opportunity at some point to be to have a national championship here. I mean, listen, North Greenville, you know, seems to find their way into their into their World Series just about Always every top, year. Top five in the country. Belmont Abbey was you know was 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 a powerhouse um, last few years. So, um, you know, it's going to happen here. It's it, it's definitely going to happen here. And I think uh, Ross is a good choice. And and but just don't forget, you know, it's just like don't ever forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. Don't for, don't ever forget how this thing got started. So that's right. Uh, you know. We, we, we move on. Wishing those guys the best. And, I mean, they did a great job with what was yep. given. And it yep. was, you know, it was like one day to the next, hey, you got a program. Now get it running. Now you got to recruit. You got to get uniforms. Yep. And, I mean, they did it all. They got a field. Yeah. This game <laughs> this, this game changes in a heartbeat on you. Yep. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's no – you take a big league job, basically, to understand how many guys last the years that somebody like uh, – like a Bobby Cox lasted, you know, it, it doesn't happen that way. You yeah. know, most of these guys take jobs understanding like I'm probably going to be fired at some point, you know, it's not, it's not going to last that long. Right. Um, and it's probably the same thing, you know, at the college rank. I mean, some of these schools don't care, you know, they just need, they just need somebody that's stable enough to show up every year and they can have a program because it's based on admissions. Yeah. Right. How many people can we get in the school? Yeah. So we have a baseball program. We have a coach. We don't have to change it. We're never going to win a national championship. Um, but the power five schools, those coaches, well, got a lot those, of pressure. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, for sure. You know, you, you choose to step into that arena. You you, you know, you, you get choose, paid the big bucks, but you get you paid also, the big yeah. bucks. But you better produce with the big yeah. bucks, you know. Yep. Or you can sit somewhere in remote nowhere and coach for thirty years, yeah. you know, and you know that's your gig. And, right. and nobody's ever going to come to you. It's like that guy in that that, that movie off the movie office. They <laughs> sat in that cubicle for like thirty years and nobody knew what he did. Yeah, and they're like, "Who is this guy? He's been here for thirty years. <laughs> he fired him eighteen years ago. <laughs> he, he, he just keeps showing up. He keeps showing up." But uh, appreciative of those guys and that and the foundation, and look forward to to working with Ross. And um, it's cool, man. I I I feel like you know I I feel like a part of that program in terms of um, you know almost like a an, an alumni. Yeah. You know, they're playing at, at Knothole. They're playing at, you know, at, at Complex. They have a 25-year lease to be there. That's their, that's their home field in the spring. And then, obviously, in the fall, they use it for their practices. And um, <clears throat> so we like going out there. We like hanging out. Mm-hmm. How's our offices looking, Andrew? They're looking good. So, yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait. Uh, you know, we, we did a walkabout the other day. Andrew and I, you know, to kind of give a little tour on, on Facebook Live. Yeah. about. Uh, did you see that? And, no, I, and I, I blew it a golden opportunity, man. Because as we're walking down there, we're pointing out the offices. The Porter John was right there, and I, well, I, sh- I really should have just said, "And here's Andrew's new office." <laughs> but I take it. <clears throat> Andrew got the VIP man. He's he's in the press box. He's got the biggest one overlooking the field, and so he said, "It's a VIP box." Yeah, it's a VIP <laughs> right, box. So. And we got the studio downstairs. Yeah, we got. But the that's studio. kind of everyone's kind of kind of room. It's not. Well, it's gonna be cool because we're gonna put the cameras up there. We'll stream mm-hmm. games. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll be streaming, and we're gonna put more than one. So a lot of times you see the streaming, you'll see. Uh, um, you'll see uh, just one camera on the game, you know, and it's kind of like bubbled out, yeah, like right, fish eyed yeah, out. Yeah. So we're gonna put, we're gonna probably put four cameras up, different angles. And, That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll be able to, uh, you know, capture things with showcase stuff. You know, I mean, even right now, think about it. We can do that in a showcase environment. Coaches from all over the country can just log in and watch, man. Yep. And, you know, get to see instead of watching video, you're gonna watch live. You're live watching boot balls, throw one away. Yeah. See how he handles himself after a bad round of BP. That's right. And uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's the program. We got a lot of BIC stuff going on, mm-hmm. which we're excited about. So, you know, go to best BIC showcases, BIC showcases.com for tournaments. Cause 
people are dumping out right now. Schools are not letting kids play. Um, they're not letting tournaments come on in the summer. Yeah. I know that Virginia Tech's out, App State's out. I know I heard a few other schools are, you know, it's done through the summer. Um, well, last thing they, these guys want after the past several months of being shut down, they want yeah. now guys going to their facilities and making it a mess or, you know, infecting it in any way. No. Well, so, I, I don't know, man. I, I think we're playing in May. You know, even if we got to wear masks, let's wear masks. I'm gonna wear a catcher's mask. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna wear. So, but all right, man. So that was uh, I don't even know what number. 88. Andrew. 88. Greg Olson. Oh, Greg Olson. Mario Lemieux was 88, wasn't he? 88. Hockey player, wasn't yeah. he? Who you got, Ray? Greg Olson's a good one though, because Greg comes in here. Yeah. Yeah. Before the virus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's going to Seattle. Yep. yep. Is he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, all right, cool. Well, we appreciate everybody listening to the Schaefer Baseball Report number 88. And uh, we'll do this again next Friday. Peace out. Peace out.